Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. Approximately 70% of our sales today are in what we call the want part of the industry. So this includes interior, exterior accessories, custom wheels, performance products. These are items that you won't typically find in the traditional stores of you know, competitors such as O'Reilly's or AutoZone or Napa. Define what sets you apart from your competitors. Are you the lowest cost, highest quality, best selection, most convenient? The key to your success as a company is innovation and differentiation. It's a different part of the industry. It's a very different consumer that we serve. It's a person who is really enthusiastic about customizing their vehicle, you know, getting away from the stock items and really kind of putting their own twist and feel on it. And these items you're not going to find, again, in, in your traditional repair shops or repair stores. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. The automotive industry is certainly changing. Shifting consumer behavior, increased demand for sustainability, and a shift towards digital are key themes. For companies that embrace these changes, there's significant opportunities to gain share and grow. Today, I'm joined by Nino Chiapina, CEO of Parts ID. Parts ID is a digital commerce company trading under the symbol ID, and they are responding to evolving consumer needs and aftermarket parts and accessories. Before stepping into the role of CEO, Nino served as the chief marketing officer and later the general manager at Onyx, the predecessor company of Parts ID. Previously, he served in a variety of digital marketing and e-commerce positions, notably as the director of digital marketing and customer acquisition at the Children's Place, VP of e-commerce and digital marketing at Firestar Diamond Group, and senior director of e-commerce and digital marketing at Foot Locker. I spoke with Nino about why the ID brand is unique in the industry, their efforts to expand beyond automotive parts, and how Parts ID is positioned in the current economy. Let's enter the arena with Nino. We are a digital commerce company focused on really transforming the way aftermarket accessories, parts are purchased online by the consumer. We've you know, got three things which really distinguish us from others in the business that I always like to highlight. First is we have a proprietary piece of e-commerce technology that we developed in-house over the last 10 to 15 years. This is important because uh, unlike off-the-shelf e-commerce platforms, uh, and there's many out there, 
they were all designed primarily for two-dimensional products. So think books, which come in hardcover and softcover, or sneakers, which come in you know, size and color. The auto parts and accessories industry is substantially more complex. It is multidimensional, we call it. So year make models just at the top, and then we get into two-door, four-door, engine type, trim, on and on and on. So the company recognized very early on that to really deliver this sort of customer experience in this complex industry, we really needed to set out and build our own technology infrastructure, which we've done. And that's something that is really unique and different about us. And we believe we have the the best technology platform for our industry today. The second thing is we recognized just how important fitment data is. For those unfamiliar with this industry, fitment data is essentially the compatibility of parts and accessories to specific year make model vehicles. And fitment is what really creates the complexity in shopping this category. Whether you're shopping it offline or online, most people can barely remember the year of their vehicle, forget the you know year, make, model, and other elements of it. So we've taken a, a really sophisticated approach to fitment where we create our own fitment data and catalog. So what does that mean? That means we've gone out over the last several years, we take in data from a number of third-party sources, ACES and PIES data, for example. We cross-pollinate that data with our internal data, vendor data, behavioral data, And that cross-pollination has really given us a very rich and complete fitment database that we only have. We don't license that data to anyone. We use it only for our own purposes to help the consumer find their product. So as you can imagine, that proprietary fitment data combined with that proprietary e-commerce solution really is what positions us to help deliver the sort of unique and what we believe superior customer experience to customers shopping this industry. Third, but certainly not least, is we utilize a capital efficient or asset light inventory model. So 99% of our business is through a network of 1,000 plus vendor relationships we've established over the last 10 plus years. This asset light model helps us deliver to the customer really an end-to-end one-stop shop for everything they would be looking for for their vehicle. From original equipment parts and repair parts to uh, interior accessories, exterior accessories, custom wheels, and so much more. Really, the customer comes to to any of our ID brand stores, carid.com, motorcycleid.com, and they can shop end-to-end everything they're looking for for their store. And that is really unique because no one else is doing that in the industry. There are a lot of players who are focused on just tires or maybe just repair parts, but nobody is really kind of taking an approach to say, how do we deliver this unique experience for everything the customer may need or want for their vehicle? It's uh, interesting on the surface, someone might look at the company and say, wow, you know, Amazon's going to be in that business or eBay or somebody else. But it, it would seem to me that the, the years of investment, number one, and kind of the proprietary nature of your technology prohibits that. And you did mention a thousand industry suppliers, but maybe just talk about the scale of the business. I know you're dealing with lots of brands, lots of SKUs. This is really a business at scale, isn't it? It absolutely is. We have a catalog today of approximately 18 million product SKUs. That's completely unrivaled in the industry. Most other competitors have roughly 1 million product SKUs. So again, this goes back to kind of a really unique and competitive advantage we have in terms of the experience we can deliver to the customer. We have over 5,000 active brands on the platform today. So we take a lot of pride in working with all the major industry well-known brands. We've got over 14 billion plus data points in our catalog and fitment database. And those 14 billion plus data points are 
regularly enriched through artificial intelligence techniques like Bayesian classification, which we utilize on our data science team. So we're operating really in a, in a different league in terms of delivering a shopping experience for the customer in this category. And how would you characterize the market you're going after? What's the total addressable market? How, you know, how fast is it growing? Give people a sense of your runway of opportunity over the next decade. Substantial opportunity. The markets we operate in are large and they continue to grow. The Specialty Equipment Manufacturer Association, which is SEMA, right? This is an industry organization for the specialty equipment accessories part of the industry. That industry alone, that specific segment is approximately $45, $50 billion. The overall industry is north of $400 billion. And we, just for your audience listening today, we're approximately a half a billion dollar business. So we've got you know substantial headway to continue growing. We've got all the right initiatives underway to continue growing, including expanding into new verticals. So while the auto parts and accessories total industry is about 400 billion, about three and a half years ago, we made a strategic decision to launch into new verticals, we call them, or adjacent verticals, which include motorcycles, boating, camper, RV, and many more. Just those four alone, motorcycle, power sports, boating, and camper alone, those equate to approximately another $100 billion of total addressable market annually in the U.S. So you combine that with the $400 billion opportunity in the car space, and the runway seems almost endless. And we've got, again, a unique kind of position in the marketplace today. Getting into those new verticals would seem certainly a lot of work and effort and resources, but with your asset light model and all the investments in technology, I have to think the marginal cost of getting into those businesses is pretty reasonable and the return potentially very significant. Completely. Those seven adjacent verticals today represent just approximately 10% of our total annual sales. It fluctuates, right? Depending on the quarter. But those are still in the early innings. Right. Even though they're three and a half years young, they're very small. We brought on uh, two general managers about seven or eight months ago to lead boating and camper. We've got some initiatives on the motorcycle side. So we believe those verticals will become a substantially larger part of the organization in the coming years. And we're excited about that opportunity. Why haven't the leading brick and mortar retailers kind of in the automotive aftermarket industry, why haven't they really replicated this or try to get into it? Are they just um, way behind and you guys have the first mover advantage? How do you size up uh, the competitive landscape? It's a very different business. It's highly fragmented. So approximately 70% of our sales today are in what we call the want part of the industry or the, um, the aftermarket accessories part of the industry. So this includes interior, exterior accessories, custom wheels, performance products. These are items that you won't typically find in the traditional stores of you know, competitors such as O'Reilly's or AutoZone or Napa. You're not going to find these products. You might find a steering wheel cover, right? You might find some really basic items that you need, but you're not going to go into an O'Reilly's, for example, and find hundreds of different custom wheels to shop from. Right. It's a different part of the industry. It's a very different consumer that we serve. It's a person who is really enthusiastic about customizing their vehicle, you know, getting away from the stock items and really kind of putting their own twist and feel on it. And these items you're not going to find, again, in, in your traditional repair shops or repair stores. Uh, but, and I want to give an example because, you know, over 20 years ago when I got my driver's license, I spent 
the better part of every Saturday morning leading up to my driver's license date, driving up and down a nearby highway up here in New Jersey, popping in and out looking for custom wheels. And if you drive up and down those same highways today that I spent uh, the better part of my 16-year-old summer in, for every 10 that existed 20 years ago, maybe two exist today, maybe one or two exist today. And that is the segment of the industry, which was, you know, regional players, small independent shops that have mostly faded, but it was really conducive to taking it online and digitizing that business. And that's what we've done. First, second is, and this point gets lost, especially with the investor community. I don't think there's an appreciation for it yet, but there will be, I'm sure in the, in the coming years as our story gets out there, you know, fitment for aftermarket accessories is substantially more complex than your run-of-the-mill repair part. The example I typically use is a fuel injector. If your fuel injector on your car goes out and you need another fuel injector, you kind of look up the year, make, model, you order your fuel injector. Easy, right? Fitment data is pretty easy there. But when you're shopping custom wheels or aftermarket off-road bumpers, Fitment becomes substantially more complex and the availability of accurate fitment data in the industry today doesn't fully exist. It really requires a custom approach, which is what we've taken. So while I've asked myself the same question, Tom, is how come many of these big four auto parts stores, why did they not get into this industry in the same way? I think there's two reasons is I think it doesn't have the same volume that some of the repair parts have. And more importantly, I think it's it's a complex industry to get in. I think many have attempted to and have given up and you know, we've succeeded. The ability to adapt and evolve effectively can create a powerful moat around your business. For most publicly traded companies, pivoting while under the spotlight is just too difficult. Opening the door to more flexible business models like Parts ID. I asked Nino to dive deeper into what sets the Parts ID brand apart from others and why he considers CarID.com one of the best kept secrets in the automotive aftermarket industry. ID is a special brand and we've utilized the ID mark to develop these other adjacent verticals. It really does represent more than just our company name. We think about Car ID and the other ID brands as, you know, what is a customer's unique identity? You know, what defines you? And you know, from a marketing and advertising approach, that's kind of where we've, you know, hung our hat is we're a place where somebody can go personalize their vehicle. And what defines you? What vehicle, what custom wheels, what bumpers and everything else define you as a brand? Now, why are we the best kept secret is one of the strong competencies we've developed as an organization over the last decade is really deep expertise in digital marketing. So we have taken a very advertising, productive, performance-based approach to marketing, and it's been successful for us, where we have utilized our comprehensive fitment data to leverage our ability to really be effective at search engine optimization and search engine marketing. So you're not going to see big, splashy TV campaigns yet from us. You're not going to see these uh, giant billboards across the country from us. We've taken this approach that this enthusiast we're trying to reach, they have an idea of what they're looking for and how do we use our rich data set to really help them discover us and land on us when they're looking for what it is they're looking for for their vehicle. And th that's the real reason behind you know, this idea that we're this best kept secret is we have a net promoter score 
that is consistently in the high 60s or 70, which is really unique. We're focused on helping the customer find as quickly as possible what they're looking for, giving them an array of options up and down the value chain, depending on what, you know, what their budget is, then helping them purchase those items quickly and efficiently and getting those items to them as quickly and efficiently. So it's all about customer experience for us in terms of advertising, shopping experience, and customer service. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that you can judge how effective you are at allocating capital and marketing and how you're kind of pinpointing those dollars is repeat customers. Maybe you can talk about customer patterns. And if someone's actually like stuck, you know, if I'm, I'm on one of the sites and I'm stuck, it's not like I can't get help, right? But maybe you can comment on how all of that fits together. Yeah. Uh, among the KPIs we're really proud about is our repeat customer rate. There's so many KPIs we're proud about, but our return rate we're very, very proud about. It is consistently around 5%. And that really speaks to how effective our technology platform and our fitment data is working to help the customer find exactly what they're looking for and then give them the confidence to purchase what is typically not an inexpensive item, right? Our average order value is approximately $250, if not more. So it's important that we help the customer find what they're looking for, give them the confidence that what they're purchasing is right, and then offer them customer service, either through live chat, calling in, and getting real customer service, someone who can help them answer questions. That obsession with customer experience is, again, realized not only in our return rate, but our repeat customer and repeat revenue from repeat customer rate. Repeat customers is approximately one third of our business in the first quarter of 2022. Revenue from repeat customers was north of 40%. And these are all, you know, continue, have continued to trend up and we're really proud of that today. And we think there's only additional upside in those repeat customer revenues. As these seven new verticals continue to kind of pick up traction, we think there's an opportunity to cross-sell and upsell in terms of you know motorcycle gear, boating gear, and so much more. One of the really cool things about the company is if you go to carid.com and you, you buy a tire, I don't know how to put that on myself, but you have 7,000 or more tire installation locations integrated with that. Are there other opportunities to kind of broaden that pairing between online and offline in, in the future? Yes. What you're referring to is our tire installation. I call it pilot, but it's now something we tested about two years ago with a couple thousand partners in the U.S., most recently, we added another 5,000 locations. So we've got over 7,000 locations in the U.S. Now, what does this mean for the customer? The customer can now visit carid.com. Not only can they purchase tires from us, but now we give them the option to find a local installer near them, right? 7,000 installers we have today. So somebody's going to find someone very close to where, they're, where they are. So convenience is a big part of it. They can book an appointment with that installer directly on the carid.com site. And we ship those tires directly to the installer. The customer shows up the day of their appointment and the installer you know, puts on the wheels onto their uh, vehicle. Why is this important? For a number of reasons. One is tires is a big category. We think there's a large opportunity to grow tires in the future. But most people like you, Tom, are unable to put tires onto their wheel on their driveway, right? They don't have the equipment, the, the balancing equipment and everything else. So that's one. We want to, again, continue to eliminate friction and improve the overall customer experience. Second is the market we operate in primarily today is the DIY market, right? The do-it-yourself market. And where we've had a lot of success in that market and we continue to do so. The other large customer segment in the industry is what we refer to as DIFM or do-it-for-me 
customer segment. This is the customer segment now that we are focused on attracting next to the ID platform. And to attract that customer, we are now looking at opportunities like tire installation and giving the customer the opportunity to buy products from us, but also give them the the convenience of having items installed through a local installer. Tires was an obvious first choice given the complexity of putting tires on your own vehicle. But we see tires as the groundwork for a much larger, much more attractive DIFM program in the future. We've got the infrastructure in place now with these 7,000 installers. We're looking at next, what else can we begin adding into this program? You know, brake repairs, oil change, whatever that is. Now that the pipelines have been established with these 7,000 players, we think this is an opportunity that can be substantially larger in the coming years. And we're actively looking to find other product lines and categories that we can add in to capture a greater share of that DIFM market. And again, this is another just layer to the business that really excites me as the CEO of the company. One other area that I think is so interesting is obviously the electric vehicle market. A lot of those companies in the last couple of years got a lot of financing scaling up. You know, there's, uh, I don't know if we're at the tipping point yet with electric vehicles, but it's certainly a a super fast growing category. How are you guys uh, handling that? It's an immediate opportunity for us. You know, because our primary items are accessories, it's an immediate opportunity. A customer who drives a Tesla or any of the other electric vehicles on the market, I mean, there's still a desire to outfit those vehicles, right? Uh, So custom wheels, for example, that's never going to change. If you visit carid.com, we're already selling aftermarket accessories and wheels for all types of electric vehicles. In fact, late last year, we launched a custom shop on the CarID platform to make it even easier for the customer who owns an electric vehicle to find parts and accessories for their electric vehicle. It's a small industry today, but we all know it'll be growing substantially in the coming years. And given our asset light model, we are really, I believe, best positioned to capture this emerging market. This is one of the benefits of our asset light model is any emerging market, we're able to offer to the consumer right away, right? It doesn't matter what it is. We're always ready to just, how do we now integrate these items, get the right partners in place to help us deliver these items to the customer and create a platform of the future for shopping car parts and accessories, irregardless if it's gas, electric or hybrid. One of the other things uh, that I thought were interesting because, you know, the company is just kind of on its growth trajectory. I would imagine that you have plans uh, for international. How do you approach that and how do you prioritize geographies? Yes, international is something we are working towards. There's a number of different opportunities. We've done some research internally and whether it's Asia, whether it's Canada, which is where we're prioritizing next or Latin America, there's a number of international expansion opportunities we're, we're examining. The focus right now is Canada. So why Canada? Well, there's a few reasons. One, it is obviously nearby. It represents about 10% the size of the U.S. market. We're already shipping products to Canada, right? So customers, even though they're in Canada, some clearly are struggling to find the parts and accessories they're looking for domestically. So they're ordering them from us and we're happy to ship it to them. So we know there's demand already there. We also, in speaking with our vendor network, many of them already have operations in Canada. So there's you know, a natural ability for us to kind of go to Canada first, 
to establish what our international market expansion playbook looks like. And that's really the reason why we're focused on Canada first. As the CEO of a public company, you know, you sit down with investors, Wall Street loves things in a box, you know, where they have you here and then they line up six or seven comparable companies and everybody kind of has to look the same. What do you think investors typically miss when they're hearing the story? I mean, from a financial perspective, the gross margin, I think, is misunderstood. We are typically compared to a traditional stock and ship model. That's not who we are. We've got a very small amount of inventory, which we stock is primarily private label. We're looking at some strategies to stock some A movers in the future. But overall, stocking is a small piece of our business. But the investors, many investors, for one reason or another, is not clear. I typically have pointed many investors to Wayfair, and not because we sell furniture, but because Wayfair's business model really reflects the business model that we've developed in the car parts and accessories industry. If you look at Wayfair's gross margin profile over the last several years, it reflects you know, fairly closely to how we're trending. If you look at their advertising spend, it also reflects more closely to what would be compared to a traditional stock and ship model. So Wayfair is someone I've pointed investors to as a, as a comparison. Obviously, it's a different industry, but what Wayfair has achieved in the furniture business is what we're achieving in the auto parts and accessories business. Last couple of questions, Nino. As we sit here today in June of, uh, of 2022, you've got 40-year you know, high inflation and supply chain issues and war in Europe. How do those things affect the business, how are you able to persevere? Uh, like, and by the way, these are things affecting the entire economy. How do you guys deal with that and run the business smoothly? First, we need to start by being honest and really assessing what does the current environment look like and how are you anticipating the environment to look like monthly into the foreseeable future? So that's how we've started, is trying to get a, a real clear view or different scenario planning, I should say, on what how things could look in the coming months, quarters, and years. After we've established kind of those different scenario plans, what are the actions we need to start taking as a business to ensure we are positioned to weather any storms and to ultimately continue executing against our strategic initiatives to still grow the company as we head into the future? And that's what we're doing. You know, it is a balance of reprioritization, resource allocation, and really spending a, a good amount of time at looking, your, looking at your cost structure and determining where you have opportunities to kind of deprioritize things and reprioritize other things. Yeah, well, I would think in an environment like this, asset light is a big advantage. And as people's paychecks may not have as much spending power, you're, you're going to be doing things yourself. And, and that, that seems to play right into your biggest strength, which is that market that you're going after. This is one of the many advantages we have on our platform is because we have such a large product catalog, as I was saying before, you know, we can offer the customer a number of different items up and down the value chain. So a customer may still have a desire for custom wheels, right? But maybe they're a little tight on, on their budget right now at the moment. On CarID.com, you can shop custom wheels that cost several thousand dollars, or you can shop custom wheels that are substantially less and much more in your potential budget. The other real advantage is how many different departments and categories we operate in. When people were locked up and at home, there was you know, really strong demand for accessorizing their vehicle, right? Custom wheels, toolboxes, whatever that is. As people now over the last several months have been vaccinated, started returning to work, have kind of began carrying on with normal activities, 
we've seen strong demand in our repair categories. Your repairs that customers were putting off for a while because they weren't driving, there's suddenly you know, strong demand for those products. And this is an advantage of our really broad product catalog is we can capture demand in a rapidly changing environment, depending on what the consumer is looking for, what the consumer needs. In the era of Amazon, convenience is king. Customers expect to be able to buy what they want, where and when they want it, and they're losing patience for anything less. To keep up, even the most traditional businesses must adapt and get online, and Parts ID is showing the parts and accessories world what an ideal customer experience looks like in 2022. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. A big thank you to Nino. It was great having him on the show to talk about how Parts ID is changing the industry their proprietary technology is creating a better experience for customers, and their asset light model allows for rapid expansion. That all translates into more value for stakeholders. We wish them the best of luck as they continue to grow, and we'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.